Believe it or not, we're entering the final months of 2020, and that means a Street Fighter V balance patch is likely on the horizon. So with that in mind, we're a bit surprised at how little we're hearing in the way of calls for Akuma nerfs, and so we're diving in to highlight the specifics of why he's overpowered and how Capcom could go about fixing him. Also, we recently got more information about Season 5's first DLC character, Dan, and it sounds as though there's a chance the Joke Fighter might actually present some very intriguing opportunities for both casual and esports players if the stars indeed align like they're threatening to. All this on this week's episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. I am John Catalyst Gray, and with me as always is John Velociraptor Guerrero. Hello, hello. I am pumped up. I watched the the best WWE match I've seen in a long time last night in that presidential debate. I'm ready to talk about some street fighting now. You know what? You, you mentioned the presidential debate, and right off the bat, John, I'm going to call you a clown. I'm going to interrupt <laughs> every single segment you do, and I'm just going to obliterate you, dude. I'm going to destroy you. I hope you're okay with that, because that's what we're in for for this podcast. I hope that our audience has their big foam fingers and beer hats on, because it's going to be a slobber knocker. <laughs> I know the uh, always sunny guys, like, um, uh, at one point, one of the candidates said, like, Philadelphia, you know, it sucks. It's awful there. It's like, it just, you know, it's horrible, and then they they popped up the always sunny like logo and just like philadelphia is awful here and then like played it in it just it was the humor factor of this this stuff is off the off the chain man so absolutely got to got to chime in but anyway getting right into it i want to talk about freaking akuma because I think not enough people are talking about the best character in the damn game. And I don't know why. I don't know why this is like such a, a muted subject for how powerful this character is on the eve of balance changes coming in. And, and I'm going to get right into it here and say that during the season 2.5 patch notes, Capcom said that Akuma has very high potential, but people were playing way too conservatively. And, and so they upped his health so that the options Akuma has and gets throughout the, the matches, you can see them more often. The ridiculous options <laughs> that he gets, we weren't seeing This was for season enough. two? This is season 2.5, yes, back in okay. 2017. This is when they said this. When Akuma needed something. <laughs> this is right where I'm going to start and say that Akuma needs his health reduced right back to 875. Uh, that's where he started at. He's at 900, which is the lowest in the game. I do get that. But again, it's still too damn much. And I realize Capcom wants to give him an insane amount of options in every game. We know this. This is how they design the character. He needs to be properly offset by having really bad health. That is how you offset this character. And that's what he was before. They got it right in the past. And they got him to a really low, low health. And that made him have to risk a lot of things to do all the crazy options that he has. That's how See, the character... Mm -hmm. I'm already... I, I get what you're saying, and technically that does, on the balance scale, when you're looking at Akuma and you're looking at how to balance him, that is a weight that could go on the side of, of nerfs for him. But a lot of the frustration that comes from playing Akuma is, as I'm sure we will get into, when he's picking up hits and basically getting training wheels and free tries at things and oops I messed up, but the second best option is just as good as the first sort of scenarios. And and I so often find myself while playing against this character and one of my regular training partners plays him and I go good thing he has that or good thing you meant to do that as he's taking off all of my life and sending me into the corner because he screwed up you know things along those lines so yes 
a health reduction would nerf the character, but I don't think that that's the most efficient way of going about it. I think you need to tweak down some of his jack-of-all-trades Swiss army knife moves, of which he has a couple. Okay, now we're going to get into those, but I do want to back up here and say this is Akuma. We're, we're going to talk about Dan here in a little bit, right? And we're going to talk mm -hmm. about what the history of the character is. And at this moment in time, I go, okay, this is Ak Akuma is the jack of all trades. He has every tool in the game. He's supposed to have every tool in the game. What justifies taking that away from him and, and removing some of the identity of the character? Like, why would you do that in your opinion? Well, I don't think that you have to remove entire tools. I think you just have to tweak them down. Okay. Like maybe his standing light punch shouldn't go as far forward as it does. Things like that. Maybe his frame data after a handful of his um, EX demon flip uh, uh, um, scenarios shouldn't be as good as it is. Maybe his uh, recovery, which we've said a million times after air fireball, should actually be a legit recovery window instead of, oh, I'm fine, I'm ready to go again, and I just blocked whatever you did. You know, even though I've completely missed this move that has so much utility behind it. You know, maybe there should be more risk for those rewards. Okay, yeah, I mean, I can see that. And I think we're, we're going to touch on that uh, just stepping a bit back here. Mm -hmm. Capcom got this right in the past with giving him really, really low health, where I don't think you feel that as much here in Street Fighter V. I think that, I mean, I know if you play Akuma, you feel it, but if you're going up against this guy, he does not feel like he has the worst health in the game right now. Do you think that's the case? Yeah, that's, mm, yes, but here, and I'm trying, this is, this is, I haven't super dove into this uh, and explored it, but here's my initial hypothesis on this, is that the way Street Fighter V rounds tend to flow naturally, is you have XYZ footsies and stuff, and then V-triggers come in, and there are uh, a significant change to the rounds uh, a lot of the time, and it might be that with as much damage as tends to get done before V-triggers come into play, and then a, you get to a place where if someone hits you with a, a V-trigger kind of combo or sequence, you might die once you're below, like, you know, 40% health. And so what it might end up being is that, yes, Akuma has less health, but you get to a certain point later on in the match where having, you know... 50 health left in the tank and having 350 health left in the tank is almost the same thing in a lot mm -hmm. of different scenarios when it comes to V-trigger sort of decisions and therefore you're not feeling it as Akuma because you may be Akuma, you may be Zangief but you die from the same combo maybe Akuma just dies earlier in the combo but as far as how many times does a character need to get touched I, again, I haven't explored this and I haven't looked at the numbers, but if what you're saying is true and I don't disagree with it, my gut instinct goes, yeah, it doesn't seem like, oh, sweet, it's Akuma and he's dying way faster. It might just be that the number of touches that you need on a character later in a round kind of nullifies the whole Akuma lower health. And that's not conclusively, it's just in a handful of situations that routinely happen. Well, I mean, in, in the damage scaling that happens in Street Fighter V, and basically all Street Fighter games, once you're below 50 health, like your health really starts to scale. Um, uh, the damage scaling kicks in. And mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if it's a, in a combo or not, that, that damage scaling is, is kicked in, so it makes the, the in parts of rounds more dramatic. That's the whole reason why they do that. Mm -hmm. um, and so, as you say, but there is a... It, not only does it feel that way, there's a logical reason why it is that way, right? Yeah. And so going back to it, Akuma got his health buff 
but he was still a top 10 character before he got it ninth overall in our tiers still highly played still relevant in the tournament scene this one change along with some other ones he got but mostly like akuma's gotten nerfs over the years like that's one of the things that capcom says over and over again uh but this one change put him in as a top five character in our tiers ever since it happened back in 2017 he hasn't slipped out of the top five ever since yeah. Three and a half years of Akuma being a dominant force in Street Fighter V is enough. Let's have him slip back a few slots here. Just a few. Now, that, that's a good spot to clarify. How far are we hoping he would fall down tier list mountain? Uh, I mean, I honestly think that if we do all the changes that we're going to talk about here, I think he's still a top 10 character. And, and we haven't gotten into all the changes we're going to do, but I still think he ends up there. But but what what do you have envisioned for him? I just Akuma needs to be good, okay? And no one wants to see a game with a washed-up Akuma. I'll give you that. And and I think uh, uh, you know, you started this whole thing by saying and pointing out that no one's really talking about this, at least not as much as they should. And I suspect part of that, uh, the reasoning for that, is because people are just going, yeah, Akuma's the best, but also he's Akuma, and we're kind of used yeah. to that. And I'm not saying that they should be saying that, because it's 2020, we update these games on the regular, and yeah, you, d you probably want Akuma's in your top eights. He's a cool character, he's an iconic character, he's a badass, yeah, he's, you know, all that good stuff, sure. But I say let him... Like, I would normally buff him down to, like, let's get him out of the top one or two, maybe top three. But for as long as he's been up there, I'd be okay if he were a top five. I think that that could also open up some other things for this game in that other Shotos yeah. would become more legit. So there's there's a lot to gain from Akuma losing a little bit here. So I would aim to bring him down to around the top five. I wouldn't be upset if he were just in the top ten. But when you knock Akuma out of the top ten, I'll admit that feels weird to me. Yeah, I, I, I can go with that given the history of this character and what he's supposed to be. And we never balance on story. That's, you know, that never happens. Our Sakura would be one of the worst characters in the game. Same with Ibuki. There's no way a 13-year-old schoolgirl is going to beat the 7'4", 500-pound behemoth in any reality out there. We don't balance around reality. We don't balance around story. That is just not what Street Fighter is. But... It's also kind of Akuma's history to be one of the more powerful characters. You kind of look at, you know, Street Fighter history and you know that like the boss characters, um, Bison, Sagat, uh, Vega, Balrog, they tend to be some of the better characters in the game. Um, Ryu tends to be at kind of the worst, like a mid-tier character, and Akuma always tends to be kind of far up there. You have mm. some hit and miss moments in there, but overall Capcom does kind of have a certain tier ranking in mind for some of these characters where they try to get them up there consistently right it's just yeah. what they do uh so i do agree with you um but but on a little bit of a different note here capcom keeps saying that they nerf this guy in the patch notes over and over and over again and he still ends up amazing in every season this guy he has not left our top five and right now we think he's hands down the number one character in the game and a lot of other people agree with that finally finally we shattered it enough that other people started picking up and going yeah well, and rashid got some nerfs so yeah, that, he doesn't that, have that, as much competition now yeah, yeah but i mean again we were saying this from the get-go that akuma was yes. number one and a bunch of other people were not saying that they had him down like top five top ten we even saw i think like someone had him in the top 15 or something and we we're just like this guy is the best and finally people picked up on it we need to end his demonic reign of terror and really knock this guy down a few a few slots it's okay uh, akuma players can finally deal with what everyone else has has been happening to them for the last four years their character getting changed a good bit for the worse no one is going to cry any tears for this guy except for akuma players who have had one of the most privileged existences in the history 
history of fighting games. They don't need it anymore. They can go a little bit more with us plebes down here who play like mid-tier or whatever characters, at least for a season or two. And, and going with this, I need to mention, getting to the specifics here, the EX Fireball serving as a, a very similar purpose to his, his EXDP and that uh, EX Air Fireball, I should say, that it's just way safer and it has almost no risk. It, that has to be changed. It needs to have more startup. It has it needs to have more recovery, especially on whiff. Uh, his EX Demon Flip also needs to never be able to use as, as a wake, uh, meaty wake-up move. It can it's not great at it, but again, he has EX Air Fireball right now. I don't want to see him nerf that. And then Akuma players go back to EX Demon Flip and say, yeah, it's six frames of startup, but it's got an amazing hitbox on it, so it works some of the time. He <laughs> has an EX freaking DP. Make him use it like everyone else has to. Don't give him these freaking crutches that he doesn't need. He needs to actually play Street Fighter V and not break the damn game in terms of his defense because he has 50 defensive options that work great and he can convert into huge damage off of every freaking single one of them. It's like, damn it, stop this Capcom. What the hell are you doing? As we learn more about this game in particular, and this will be true for any fighting game, you get more of a nuanced understanding of what specifically makes a character good and bad, and it's not just the frame data. And a good example of that might be when frame data says that you're, uh, let's say you're positive, right? But the spacing of a particular move, which comes in so often with Street Fighter V, changes the significance of that frame data and makes it so that even though you're positive here, you're not close enough to reach with anything that's going to be of, of significance or consequence. And, and in fact, when you try to uh, play out the math there, you'll actually get beaten right in certain scenarios, even though technically the math is on your side. And so there are so many little things with Akuma that sort of dance around or dance along that where, like I was saying, his like standing light punch is so far and it's three frames, uh, little things like that. Uh, the, the movement on his demon flip, it makes DPs whiff a lot. And that's like a little extra bonus to it. And b by the way, the bonus that comes from making a DP whiff that someone saw and intentionally did at like technically the right moment, but because of weird angles of your already Swiss army knife move, like, and, and I don't know how to change that really. I don't know if you really want to change the trajectory of demon flip. That's a pretty crazy move, but maybe you could tweak it with frame data, stuff yeah. like that. Right. So there's, Akuma there's not only... Ways. Yeah, I remember Seth Killian being on commentary uh, with, with Street Fighter V, and he's like, you don't like to think, you want to have the game do every good option for you, just use Akuma's EX Demon Flip. Like, he even called it out, and Seth does not usually say stuff like that, but he flat out called out that move as just dumb as can be. Um, I don't know if it's, you know, how much personal salt there is, but, I mean, he still has fond, you know, appreciation for a lot of the Capcom guys. He knows how hard they work and what they do, but this move has just been stupid. Right. And the only reason that people are talking about it right now is because of how good his EX Air Fireball is. That's the thing about Akuma we always talk about. Oh, you, you nerfed my A-plus move into an A-minus? Well, that's too bad because I have another A-plus move that I can just resort to now. And, and that's exactly what's going to happen if Capcom doesn't address multiple moves here with Akuma. And they see, and that's the other thing, they gel with each other so yeah. well. So mm -hmm. one enhances the other. And so maybe tweaking them down will have a, an inverse effect, right? Where you'll see him significantly lowered by some of this stuff. But I think what we're talking about so far, the changes that we've brought up thus far, it's really kind of just fluff over the top of a foundation where if you took these things away, Akuma would still have so many foundational tools that he would be just fine as a solid
solid character. He's just not getting bonus situations where, oops, that worked out for me. Uh, you know, when, when so many other characters don't have that. Yeah, you're you're finally you're talking about uh, V trigger air fireballs, John. The the oops, I I landed a combo. Uh, I didn't even realize I had that. Oh, I, guess what? I have a full minute to confirm that I hit. That's wonderful. Let me go into a full combo into Oki into your dead. And and that is one of the things that has to be addressed as well is the hit stun on his V trigger air fireballs. Make it not 30 frames or whatever the hell it is right now. Dial it back like 10, 20 percent. Like seriously, less hit stun on those things so that Okuma actually has to think about throwing them out a little bit. They're still going to be insane. They're still going to be one of the best V-Trigger options in the entire game, even if you dial him back that much. Just don't give him freaking a S-tier option there. Just make it A+. That's all we're asking for on this one, Capcom. Seriously, just dial it. I can't even believe how much hit stun he has and how much time he has to confirm off of it. It just lets him do all this crazy stuff that covers 50 different options and you just have to sit there and hold it. It's Well, you uh, have to sit there and see which side he's going to be on if he's using it for an ambiguous cross-up. Debate whether or not maybe you have a DP that will go through it, but should you do that DP or are, is, are you in a scenario where that will whiff? You have to analyze all these things in split seconds, make these calls just to try to stay safe and if you mess up there, you're a full combo now you do all that right but then at the very end he happens to be on the other side or or you know you've escaped it but then you take a step forward and the slow moving fireball catches the back of your ankle or something like that and you get hit and all of it no matter what where down the line you get tagged if you don't answer this puzzle perfectly correctly and some of it akuma probably doesn't even know the oh. answer to us farther than left right or high he low or whatever have it to is no he just right. he just sits back and waits for good things to happen he if does any it, of the good yeah. things happen <laughs> he gets his full combo which there you go lots of damage send just toward the corner doesn't matter if he's on one side or the other he gets his option of whether you know he wants the side switch so much privilege oh geez so again even if you alter all this stuff with him I still think, again, he's a top 10 character, even if you put in every single change we talk about here. That's how insane Akuma is right now. And that's why I want to see him dialed back. And again, if you still don't believe me, Akuma plays first overall in our CPT stat stories that we've done five times here in the 2020 season alone. This is five times where we, we go through and we count all the characters that placed in our results in Akuma five times times in there there have been 12 cpt events so far in 2020 that means akuma has gotten top usage in almost half of them that's not even counting all the times he's placed in second or third overall this is a dominant character not only at the high end of play but at the low end as well you can get very good results with this character to the point where again he is he's just showing up all over the place he is a problem please acknowledge this capcom and finally freaking deal with him properly you have slapped him on the wrist like five times and said oh yeah we got him you know kind of thing and every single time he stays in the same spot R gets better he's better now he's better now in, in, in the vacuum because it's like everyone else got worse around him now he's hands down the number one character in the game because you got Rashid harder ah okay so I'm, I'm mad here I I want to I want to change gears just a little bit and say We've got the December or winter 2020 patch coming, which should offer us season six of the game. And now the question shifts heavily to what should Capcom do mm. uh, from what from what they should do to what will they actually do? John, what do you think Capcom is going to do with this upcoming patch with Akuma? 
What will they actually do? Yeah. So we've gotten to a, a pretty interesting point when it comes to Capcom uh, changes. I think the focus is going to be significantly more on the characters that have come out uh, recently. So your Seth, your Gil, um, even like Poison and such. Although Poison has, uh, I think, seen a, you know, that, that, that batch of characters has seen an update. But they're probably going to be spending more time tweaking them. And then anyone that the community is super loud about. Now, we're being pretty damn loud about Akuma here on the podcast and usually on our front page but that's only a piece of the puzzle and like you said i don't know if people are being loud enough to really call for that much change for this character uh i think seth is getting a lot more attention right now yeah and uh you know and and getting a lot more exploration so okay and so and then what i was getting started with though is is I thought that there was clear reason for nerfing of G, or at least changing of G. I thought there was clear reason for much more change for Urien. Um, and they did hit Akuma, and they did hit Rashid, and a few others, uh, Karen and Bison and such. Um, so, so they did pay attention to the people's cries. But like when I see that they've gotten to a place that they uh, that appears as though they want to be with a character, they're just going to keep it there, hmm. right? And um, with Akuma, you know, I think that they would look into things more like the usage stats and perhaps win rates and things along those lines. I'm really uh, preparing myself for them doing minimal tra- changes to Akuma. But just with the history of the character in general and what we've been seeing, he's been around for a long time. They've had a long time to mess with him and get him to a place where they kind of want him. If anything... I think that they're going to start buffing parts of his unused V skill and unused V trigger to encourage players to use that more. Mm -hmm. But if that's what they do, and if they're successful in getting people to be at least a little more uh, flexible with the character and versatile, that just means that there's enough reason in those uh, to choose them over what he's got right now, which means they have to be stupid good. So I don't like the idea of trying to buff up his other stuff to make it more viable. I think, and this is one of the, uh, uh, I would say, few cases where you really need to nerf, not buff up the... Because each character kind of has a couple of different identities now with their choices, right, on the on the character select menu with skills and triggers. I think that you need to nerf Akuma's good stuff right now. I don't, I'm, but, I'm, but I'm worried they're just happy. They're just like, this is what we want out of Akuma, deal with it. Yeah, I I cannot disagree with that point of view at all. I, I think you have a very good grasp of, of what Capcom kind of sees Akuma as, and I think that they try to nerf him every single year. They try because they say that in their patch notes, and you see a few examples of it, and they just can't do it. And, and I mean, I think this would work, and yet we might suggest all this stuff when we come back and he's the number one character again. You know, and... and what so, would you be happy with though like if you top could 10. get I, I want him in the top 10 range that's where he should be he's been way too good for too long and, and I want all these changes that I suggested in there I think every single one of them is justified and fine and even then I still feel like Akuma players are going to bust out some move we've never seen before that's still an A plus move that just replaces everything we just talked about but at least the things that we've been dealing with for years are going to be finally dealt with like and finally handled to a point where it's not just so egregious where it's just stupid it's like what are you doing how how do you leave this intact for this long? Like, we've been complaining about this for a long time. How do you look at that and say, this is fine? Yeah, I still don't get it. Uh, it. It just doesn't make any sense with the character, but we've been screaming much more about Rashid and other characters. So I get that other characters were bigger sore thumbs than him. 
but he's still a sore thumb. He's our biggest sore thumb now, so we're going to shout it out even if almost no one else is, and that's what we're going to do here at Event Hubs. We're going to talk about the stuff that other people don't want to talk about. Uh, you and I are both experienced players. We we care about this stuff a lot. It's not that we personally have this gigantic issue with Akuma where we can't beat him or something like that. We're both high-ranked players. We can do this. It's just like this sucks to play against. It's, and how Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's the experience of the game that I think yeah. he's sapping. I mean, we think he's sapping away from for everybody to a degree where it could it could be better. So why not make it better exactly. in this current climate, in this current way of doing things where we're fairly consistently updating the game and whatnot? You know, and and as far as like I'm trying to imagine if I open up the patch notes for whatever the next patch is and I look at the Akuma changes, what would I be? like happy with or content with and again this is coming from the point of view of like ah, i don't expect anything so if i get anything at all it's good just like you know three or four more frames of recovery off of air fireballs and and i don't even know how to begin to change up things with the ex demon flip like where you would want to there's a couple of different ways of tackling that you'd probably want to pick one and go for that but something that has to do with that and maybe something that has to do with uh some of the framed ad. I don't know, pick it, whatever, just make him slightly worse and uh, hopefully it's significant enough. But that's sort of like, I think that kind of illustrates where I'm at with this character right now. Yeah, and I think that you your mindset right there is exactly what Capcom is going to do. That's what they've done. You know, they kind of pick a few things and they nerf them every year and it doesn't really matter that much. I wanted to hit, the, hit him where I think it's going to hurt. You know, kind of thing. We got the, the nerf to his uh, red fireball where he couldn't V-Trigger cancel it. That was on, on massive. Yeah, Thank it, you so much well, for it that. Was <laughs> massive but how big of an impact did that that legitimately have on his tier ranking it, it didn't have much on his tier ranking because he's still up at the top yeah but whole we were talking about like experience of this game every time that happened it was it took me out of the game and i went that's stupid and i'm sitting there as a as a player as a consumer of your product unhappy in a way that you don't want me unhappy Right, yeah. it was a moment. Every time it happened, I like I like Street Fighter Five a little bit less because that thing <laughs> happened because you let it. And now they got rid of it. Like Capcom has 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 done some significant things, and they just need to do a little more with this yeah. character. Yeah, it, it's you got to be very careful with these these powerful iconic characters. And I would like to just again, Capcom has really gotten a lot better about this stuff. We have discussed this over the years, and, and I do think that Street Fighter Five overall is in a very good spot. I I have. I see very few of the warts of like the Yuns and like the other things that we've seen in past editions of the game, um, where it's just like being completely robbed and just feeling like, oh my gosh, this is garbage, you know. And, and that was much more prevalent in, in, in past seasons of even Street Fighter V. I think they've gotten the game to a pretty good spot, and they acknowledge that. I think in the, the latest patch notes and, and interviews and stuff they've done, uh, they they say that they understand the game a lot more, so they mm -hmm. experiment a good bit more with it, and that that makes sense. The community understands the game a lot more too. It wasn't even that long ago we, we, we were discussing that the meta of the game and having a really difficult time wrapping our head around what it was. And I still think actually the community has a very difficult time, not overall, but a, a number of pockets in our scene really don't understand how this game works and how you play it at a high level. Um, it, it's a very different kind of street fighter game, but I digress. Um, yeah. This is, you know, so we're, we're really campaigning for this because we want what's best for the community. What we think is best. Um, we're, we're trying to do, that like it's Akuma doesn't have a direct impact on either of our mains that much you know it's it's kind of he is what he is but uh, but man does he have a direct impact on how fun people think this game is yes. and and if you play him I get it like you love the character for what he does but keep in mind how many how many people how many people's fun you're harming 
to have your fun with the game? And, and like, how willing are you to do that? I'm going to make you a Kuma players feel guilty. There you go. Boom. <laughs> That's where I'm going with right now. So, uh, so yeah. You know, I did a little research. I'm I'm currently working on the uh, stats for character usage in top eight and top sixteen of all of the CPTO events thus far, and there have been twelve of them. And you were talking about how uh, how much Akuma has been used uh, based on our character stats, right? So, and right. but we've taken a couple of different samples depending on the size of the tournament and such. Um, so some of those are from you know top one hundred and twenty. Is it eight? Some of them are top sixty four. What whatnot? And um, and there's something there. For sure, but I looked and just found out how many times Akuma has appeared in top eight, and how many times he's appeared in top sixteen, and uh, and also relative to the rest of the cast. Now I have to go through this a couple times because it's really easy to make yeah. little mistakes here. So this may or may not be exactly accurate, but Akuma has been in top eights five times, and then he's been in top sixteens three other times with one uh, pocket use in top sixteen. So mm-hmm. and and just to give you, uh, I can't run down every character right now, but that's uh, that's not the most most popular there are like i'm gonna say maybe that's in like the definitely in like the top seven or eight but there are a handful of characters that have been used a, a good bit more um than him but he is up there amongst the uh the top for sure he's pretty prevalent both of, of i mean if you played casually or i mean if you play like online and such and whatnot you see akumas all the time and yeah. uh, and in competition he is making it to the ends of a lot of these tournaments so uh, it's definitely I think the numbers back it up enough uh, the numbers the emotional responses everything ultimately points to it's pretty unequivocal you need to tone this character down a little bit more yeah and I'll go back there and just say on, on this point because Nick and I have talked about this a good bit where you get into the top 8 and top 16 portions of tournaments and it's rare that you're having a character carry the, you that far right like you can place with a character who's very strong like you can get into top 32 64 etc like it's you know you've got to be really good but your character can do a lot of that effort for you you know so to speak mm-hmm. um, but if you're getting into top 8 top 16 like at a major tournament you're very likely an extremely good player uh, and it's pretty hard to have a character no matter how good they are kind of carry you that, to that point it's possible you know we, we'll see it happen I'm sure but it's it's less likely so um, do you uh, do you have a guess as to who would be the most popular uh, in the top right eights and the top sixteens, I'm guessing Guile and Cami off the top of my head, and Bison. Those would be my my three guesses off the top of my head. All right, so Cami is one of those up there. She's got nine top eights, and that's that's the record. Uh, there are others that tie her, but nine top eights with three subs, and then two top sixteens with three subs. Uh, let's see, Guile. He's got five top eights with one sub and three top 16s with one sub. And then you said the other one was Bison? Yeah, Bison. Bison has five top eights and then three top 16s with three subs. Yeah. So Cammy's so like, yeah, Cammy's yeah. pretty close up. Balrog is interestingly up there with five yeah. top eights and seven top 16s. But the winner is uh, Urien. He's got nine yeah. in both categories with two subs and top 16. So Urien is the uh, dude that frustrates me i would say maybe even more than akuma and i'm not saying that just because of these numbers here uh but he should get his own podcast sometime too yeah uh well we, we've devoted quite a bit to urian and again with urian he needs to have every single thing he got in season five removed from him <laughs> that's pretty like everything you did in season five capcom was a mistake take it away kind of thing and <laughs> no literally he would be for okay. urian he doesn't yeah. get that option <laughs> <laughs> it's like I, I i was just reading over his patch notes and i'm like that was a mistake that was a mistake that oh Oh my gosh, everything was wrong. Everything, every He's instinct you've ever had. another one of those had. characters that it seemed like Capcom 
has a strong sense of identity of what they want and it's this and i'm like i don't know why this is yeah. what you want because it's not fun for me but yeah. so we've been talking about the top tiers now let's talk about some low tiers ah uh, yes 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 mm. So Dan is on route and, uh, well, he's on route for the winter 2020-21 season. Whatever that means, he's coming. But he'll be the first character that joins of the, uh, of the new batch of DLC. And so we've been sort of concentrating on Dan, looking at him, because he's the, he's the talk of the town right now. And um, so I'm thinking about what's it going to look like uh, for Street Fighter V when this character actually hits. And there's a few different ways of, of considering this. One, of course, is the more general, and one is the uh, more competitive side of things. And, and the way we're moving toward, moving toward, I shouldn't even say it that way, the way we're kind of in esports now, there's a couple different avenues of exploring this game. How is a character that's extremely unique, like Dan, going to, one, sort of exist in this game now and and how is he going to affect things and and i actually think it's going to be fairly interesting uh simply because as we all know dan is a character that has been traditionally designed to be kind of bad and as mm -hmm. a joke and as a rib toward snk and this is like a 25 year old joke now or so or however old it is um and and we're still going jokes with don't it. die in the fgc john they, they keep uh, going for forever you screw up that one time and you become a laughing stock you're 895 for the rest of your life. Apparently. That is how it works. <laughs> and, and it's interesting there too, I should just say, because it's evolved. Like Capcom and SNK, they've made games together at this point, right? They're, they're cool mm -hmm. with each other, but they're still doing this joke. Not only that, like this Dan has a new move that is yet another sort of copy off of, I think it's off of Rio um, and in um, King of Fighters. Or, and uh, it, like they're still going with it. Like they're still using this, even though it's like they're totally cool and everything. But anyways... He's interesting, and, and what the developers talk about when they've done these presentations, uh, some of the stuff you can easily kind of gloss over as like they're just filling in and, and you're probably concentrated on the visuals that are up in front of you at the moment. But I think this stuff is a little more um, intentional than we might give it credit for. And they keep talking about how uh, the, the, uh, the difference between what it's like to play a, an intentionally bad character versus a strong character character and he brought up like you know when Dan first came out I, I believe this was um is it Takayama or Nakayama Takayuki Nakayama uh, mm. talking about Dan and saying you know when you when you play this there's this kind of a new dimension and that is that he's intentionally bad and everyone sort of knows that so if you as a Dan player are able to beat an Akuma player and it's <laughs> he uses Akuma as the example who everyone knows is one of these incredibly strong characters there's that pride factor and there's a new reason to play and it's not just to win it's to do well with a hand Cap. That's interesting because that already sort of exists in Street Fighter V if you play someone like Alex, right? But Alex wasn't intentionally designed to be bad. At least you don't have any proof of that, right? So it, the psychology of Dan <laughs> is a little bit different. And, um, and it carries an interesting sort of aura about it as we, as we put it into both the casual and competitive side of this. And, and in fact, you know, this same idea has been explored very heavily by like NRS, right? Because they have their, their number one mechanic is uh, fatalities. That happens after all the action is done. And it's just there to add insult to injury, right? It's just there for that pride factor that everybody engages in when they play fighting games so this is not a nothing burger by any means right this is a big part of it you can use dan to style okay established 
let me take you back to Street Fighter 4 Dan, who was widely accepted, especially at the beginning, as one of the as the worst character because he was supposed to be the worst character. Now, what we found out as the game evolved, I'm not sure if he was or wasn't the worst character, but for a long time, he wasn't discussed as the worst character. There was like DJ and T-Hawk and such, and uh, and Dan had some stuff going for him. And I was playing at Wednesday Night Fights on the regular, and there was one guy that was a Dan specialist. His name was Eric. And Eric, I don't think, ever won a Wednesday Night Fights or anything like that. I don't know that he even cracked a top eight. He might have once or twice. But when Eric came up and played on stream, everyone stopped and watched. And it was mm -hmm. more of a thing simply because he was playing Dan and simply because everyone knew this was a character designed to be bad and this guy was doing something or he might do something with him. And when you played against him, you did not want to lose, right? Because you didn't want to be the guy that lost to Dan on stream at Wednesday Night Fights. And so it, was, it had this extra layer of interest, of natural intrigue to it. And Dan had, uh, was it, I'm just going to call him Dan Kicks, uh, yeah, and, the Dan Kicks, the Dan yeah. Kaku or whatever. Yes, so. exactly. And those were interesting because the light one, oh, first and foremost, they moved him forward. It's his Tatsu motion and he flies forward and depending on the strength, he does multiple kicks. Um, so the light one was zero. All the other ones were uh, either minus two or I think if he did the EX, he was punishable. But here's the thing. In Street Fighter 4, that was pretty decent, especially paired with his ability to FADC. So what Eric would do to you is he would get in with these Dan kicks, and he'd be minus two or zero. But with the threat of an uppercut, that's scary to try to take advantage of. And how much I'm at minus two, but I'm not really, is there in Street Fighter V, right? We talk about it like... It's just you're you're only negative if you believe you're negative, kind of a thing. <laughs> yes. So depending on you know what happens with Dan as he comes over from Street Fighter Four to Street Fighter Five, I think there's a lot of potential. If Capcom designs him similar to what they did with him in Street Fighter Four, I think that's going to be especially good in Street Fighter Five. Not only that, but some of the things that they've said. Um, I have a I have a quote right here, um, and this this is kind of this is not a direct quote, but it's a uh, it's um it gets the gist of. It. He said, mm -hmm. in Street Fighter 4, Dan's playstyle worked really well with focus attacks. His Dan kicks were actually pretty good, and they hella were. Uh, <laughs> he was mediocre, but still interesting because he could put up a decent fight. He totally could. In Street Fighter 5, we retained the good points that made him entertaining while making taunts and other aspects of his design more viable in fights. That's intriguing to me because if he, like I said, if they take what was good in four and they still have it in five, I think it's going to be better in five. And I think it's going to be that sort of, I get to just do it from certain distances away and it's going to lock you down and it's going to put you in a weird mix up. That's not going to necessarily win tournaments, but it's going to frustrate people. It's going to be a viable-esque option, especially in this game. And who knows what they do with all these other moves that they're making all of them intentional. Like Dan had a bunch of throwaway moves in Street Fighter 4 and, and other characters did as well they've made it a point to make sure that every move has its purpose yeah. Dan I, could be not good but he could be pretty damn decent to the point where if you are an esports player you might be able to build a slightly different kind of career around this kind of character. And I and, and mm. this is probably something that's going to emerge in other games, because Dan's not the only joke character out there. But as far as I understand it thus far, in the realm of fighting game esports, I don't think this kind of opportunity has been there, especially not with as big of a game as Street Fighter V. And so, 
you might become not the guy that wins with Dan, but the guy that cracks top eight with Dan or the girl that cracks top eight with Dan, that does that, that's threatening with Dan, the person that takes out Tokido for the first time with Dan, that might be possible depending on how he comes to fruition in Street Fighter V. And if it is, that opens up a whole new layer that I'm excited to experience. Yeah, I mean, we do have a history of this in, in the fighting game community where you can be, you know, the, the next 20 Akuma players and you can have whatever results and other things like that, and that's fine, but you bust out the Gen, you know, kind of thing. You bust out the Zangief or whatever, and that puts a whole different kind of level of respect on your name. Uh, you become the PR Balrog. You, you become someone like that that's known for playing that character, and even if your results weren't amazing, the fact that you took that character to those heights is something that the, the FGC will always respect over someone you know doing the copycat akuma character right mm-hmm. and and that is definitely a a way that you could put your stamp here on street fighter 5 with dan um and, and many other characters for that regard you know there's a lot of characters you can play and play differently uh um, and do that with and I, I think it's a really terrific point especially again in this day and age of esports in this day and age of, of you know trying to get an audience uh not everyone's going to be Hawaiian shirt man, right? And we love Hawaiian shirt man. Like, we will share his clips here behind the scenes, and we're like, dude, look at what he's doing. This is amazing. Like, it's so fun to watch him. He's not the best Deku player. You know, he's really good. He's gotten very proficient with the character, but he's entertaining. He's got a gimmick that's just yes. fun to watch, you know? And, and so there's a lot of ways to put your stamp on these games. And it's it you know comes down to creative expression and other things, and that's also a reason how come we want to see Akuma dial back a little bit it creates more opportunities for these characters to succeed and become prevalent in the game. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it really helps broaden the creativity and, and openness you know, of it. Uh, I know that you know uh, a few of our, our friends here are Alex players, and they hate Rashid with such a passion because of how lopsided that match is, right? Like, and just how, like, oh, man, like, I can't even play the game because Rashid exists. You know, like that oppressive top-tier type. Uh, and, and so, yeah, but I, I completely agree. Like, going back to Dan, it is a he is a great character to to put a fresh spin on the game with and really have fun with and and have a lot of people just like kind of pick up like the natural attraction to like oh it's Dan I know he's bad right you know from the get go he's a terrible character and he's designed to be that way if someone could do something with him it's special when the game first dropped and Karen has her laugh that she does after she lands her critical art yeah, right yeah when that grown men doing on. doing that laugh and and no one calling them out for it at all, not, not having to trade in their man card, everyone respecting it and saying, you know what, <laughs> laughing like a girl like that, it, 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 it's awesome. I it's was, just awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it certainly is. Well, and I don't hear it happening anymore, and that's something that I'm kind of sad about because there is that, and there are a few other things um, where I was thinking, oh, these are going to be awesome esports. Well, it doesn't even need to be esports bits, but it's just awesome fan participation, audience yeah. participation yeah. bits. And I was thinking, I remember, I was like, Justin Wong is doing really good with, doing really well with Karen here in the CPT. There's a good chance we'll see Karen in top eight at Evo. And if we do, I am just I, one of the first things on my list is to hear what is it going to be like when an entire Evo auditorium does the carrying laugh right mm-hmm. together like and and there's a lot of uh, if your game has momentum and charisma and such uh, you might get that kind of a thing now street fighter 5 early on <laughs> didn't have that charisma right and so i think that's a big reason as to why we didn't hear as many karen laughs it might be at the point right now where we've got enough good things going for the game and it's enough good standing Dan and this new season is yet another new beginning in a sense and the character brings something that we haven't seen at almost at all 
right? But you think back, like, remember Knuckle Dude taunting people, teabagging mm-hmm. people, and, and how much of a thing that was? You have that built in. Can you imagine? Mm-hmm. Can you imagine a, an Evo, again, Evo Top 8, right? And someone makes it in with Dan, and they're doing Dan combos that require taunt cancels right in the middle of them. Not only is it exciting because it's Evo Top 8 action, it's Evo Top 8 action with a character that quote unquote shouldn't be there, right? And that you're you're you're, you're rooting for him, right? It's like mm-hmm. someone that comes in playing with Dan is something that you don't normally see. So it's like when the little kid shows up on the Evo stage and Gustavo has to play against them, right? And like, there's almost no way Gustavo isn't the bad guy at that point, mm-hmm. right? Because it's like everyone <laughs> wants to see the person that's not usually there win, right? Right. And, uh, and, and so Dan kind of has that naturally, but kind of in spades compared to most of the other instances so if people are like rocking a comeback with taunt combos in the evo top eight like it doesn't get much more entertaining than that and yeah. so i and and who knows who knows if dan comes to fruition in this way he might be just a little drop in the bucket oh he's bad oh it's fun for on a friday night when we're having drinks and stuff and playing some casual street fighter at someone's house whatever but it doesn't ever reach evo but maybe it does. And I think that there's a chance it does with what we're seeing thus far and the apparent intentions of developers. There's possibility, and I'm excited for it. Yeah, it's it actually a funny story. Back in uh, Street Fighter Four Arcade Edition version 2012, that very long title there, um, some fans of Dan actually wanted him nerfed. Like, and I don't mean like, oh yeah, you know, like I hate playing against Dan. No, these are these are Dan mains saying what? you need to nerf my character because he's too good. And Capcom actually called this a first for any character they've ever had, where people are like, you know, Dan is supposed to just be weak. And, and like you made him a little too good. We need right him now. to be to be what he's supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, um, Ayano, uh, he he wondered about that. Like, how weak are we supposed to make Dan? You know, kind of thing. Like, w- what's going on here? Uh, but they did add that they would balance him around his his psycho powers, right? Which again meant they'd make him terrible. Like, they're gonna make him interesting and fun to play but they're going to purposely try to make him a bad character. That is the history of Dan here, and. Um, so yeah, it, it's. I don't think there's ever going to be a risk of Dan being good, so to speak. And man, I can't see him making a top eight of of like a major, major, like you know, an Evo kind of thing or a Capcom Cup or something like that. That would blow my mind. Um, but I guess it's possible. But man, like I, the history of this character just kind of says like that's not happening. So. Yes, but again, I gotta go, I gotta go back and drive this home that what was good about him in four is probably gonna be good about him. It's like secret yeah. good too yeah, you're right. in five, you're right? right? Yeah. And and I also have to wonder to what degree did the developers have a firm understanding of these little other things that actually make characters good, right? Versus like you can you can see it plainly in framed out. It's like oh, mm-hmm. give him a three frame jab or whatever, and like that is something. But there are things that definitely uh, trump the the significance of having a three frame draft. Like like I was saying, like the spacings and stuff like that, and that plays so heavily into Street Fighter V that Dan might cut some of those corners. And even though he's bad, he's bad in somewhat insignificant ways. But he's good in goofy, gimmicky, exploitable ways yeah. that eke him up that tierless mountain. Yeah, I I have to go back to the the phrase we like to throw out in the office. It's it's correct 
but it's not accurate. You know, kind of thing. It's like I get exactly what you're saying, but I don't I don't know if Capcom can thread that particular needle on purpose. It's a lot and, to and ask. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, ooh, that is so. Well, I'm not I, saying they do it on purpose. I'd say yeah, they do it like accident. Even. They're yeah. trying to make it bad, but they, they don't have enough of a grasp on what ooh. to make a character bad or good with. <laughs> so they accidentally make him good. I definitely can see him upsetting people. I mean, bringing up Knuckle Do again. I remember he said, like, infamously, I'm not going to buy Alex to train with him. And then he loses to an Alex player in tournament on stream, you know, kind of thing and like gets laughed at and stuff. And mm-hmm. Knuckle Do's freaking awesome. Like, he, he even laughed it off afterwards, which is great. Um, uh, how can you not root for Knuckle Dew? He's, like, just amazing. But um, it, it's it's funny that these poetic justice moments happen so often in fighting games. They really it, do. Yeah. And so I, I, I like, I want to deny your, your, your Dan, you know, theory and whatnot. But I go... That, there, there's a history here. There's a history here of this being a legitimate thing that could happen. And yeah, I, I can't deny it at all. So I don't yeah. think it's going to happen. I don't yeah. think it's likely to happen, but I think it could happen. And there's enough of, uh, there's, there are enough in the tea leaves that I'm seeing that it's worth sharing with the rest of the world, the possibility yeah. of it. So that's where I'm at with it. So I had a bunch of quotes here from uh, uh, Street Fighter Five from the or Street Fighter Four, I should say, from the developers back then when they were designing Dan. But I'll, I'll just summarize it and say that they, again, specifically intended for him to be the worst character of the game. And they say that you know because they, they were buffing him to be the best version of Dan that they could make him. But again, they 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 even laughed at the character and said like, look, we're he's still going to be the worst character. That's how he is intended to be designed. If you wanted to say that was actually Hakan or someone else, that's fine. I get that. There was actually a very good case to be made that Dan was more bottom five and not bottom one. Mm-hmm. You know, in certain versions of Street Fighter Four. So there you go. Um, but Dan is also going to be the first character out of the gate, followed of course by Rose and Oro. And I think that one of the reasons that Dan is going to be the first is his balance, because that's something we know takes a lot of time, effort, and energy to do well, and it isn't that important for this character. So they can kind of make him bad on purpose through a little bit of like... um, a little bit of a not caring that much about making him good, right? And, and that also kind of feeds into your theory of well, what if they accidentally make him good? <laughs> and I and I go, well, that's actually kind of possible because the season five was not, or a uh, season six, I should say. Um, what are we on? Yeah, season it's season five, but it's like season six of balance changes or some yeah. weird crap. Like it, it's kind of weird, but anyway, um, uh, regardless, it, it's like it wasn't supposed to happen, and and now. Um, now we're going to kind of go back and look at this and it's like, does Dan slip through the cracks here a little bit as you're just like theorizing and damn, like I'm, I'm backing well without even intending to. I, I'm, I'm getting a little scared of Dan here now. I'm like, I'm going to be on stream like at CPT and, and like I'm going to lose to Dan and everyone's going to laugh at me. I know it's going to happen now. Damn it, John. Well, and, and so, but that there's a part of us, no one wants to be the, the person losing on stream, but a part of us all, we hear that and we go, that would be sick. I want to that see that be, happen yeah, somewhere. Yeah. I want to hear that story play out. And maybe that's sort of divorced from like the Competitive integrity of Street Fighter Five, you could say that for sure. Like, if that's how you feel about it, but I know that there's a part of all of us that's like, that'd be sick to see Dan win and to see him yeah. win in Dan's style. Yeah, I just don't want it to happen to me. That's my yep. whole thing. <laughs> I can laugh at other people happening to them. I can't laugh at myself that easily. I can, but not as easily. It's more fun if it if all the pain happens to someone else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do have to take it back though here, just to get off the dance subject. At one point, John, you did say that there is no proof of Alex being bad. That the developers like did not intend for him to be bad on purpose. And yeah, intentionally. Yeah. I I take huge issue with that when they give him the I give up alternative outfit for his story. 
every costume. Oh, <laughs> depressed sweatpants, vodka, <laughs> yeah. plastic vodka bottle. <laughs> depressed plastic vodka bottle sweatpants, Alex. Yes, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, and so what is your defense for that, John? Did you take that into consideration when no, you put I out that No, I hadn't statement? thought of that. You're right. And then everything that I just said about Dan is moot because of Alex's damn sweatpants, which, great. Again, another rainy cloud comes over our day because of Alex being crappy. Exactly. And I mean, just again, I've actually been struggling a good bit with playing some Alex players oh, online. I use Alex all the damn time. Yeah, it's amazing because, like, when you get to a certain clip, like, we're talking about, like, you know, uh, Ultra Diamond Master, Grandmaster ranked Alex players. If you can get Alex that far, and we kind of all universally agree here, he's the worst character in the game right now, you're really good. You are extremely good. You know how to really um, exploit players and get them into good traps and other things like that. Uh, it's not easy to do that. And so you've learned a lot of things. And it's funny because I'm looking through, like, a Oil King and a bunch of other people, a Gamer Bee. And they're like, I'm looking at their track record against Alex players, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like their win rate against Alex is way lower than most of their other characters. Do and they I'm do like, bad too? That's yeah, awesome exactly. Well, I mean, how how often do you get high level Alex experience? And you know that those players, you know, when their grandmasters are above, they're not running into anyone below diamond, and they are running into. If you hit an Alex player at diamond or above, they're pretty good. You know, they've they've worked to get there. That's not an easy, you know, easy route, yeah. Akuma route to that, you know, the top. <laughs> um, and, and so it's just it's funny to me. And so watching that stuff, and I go, yeah, uh, but and so again, it feeds into your damn point of like, yes, that's overall true that Alex is the worst but you run across that one player who's really sharp that eric at wednesday night fights and you're like everyone huddles around to watch for a minute or two to see if he can pull it off you know and it's it, it, this is why we love fighting games except if it happens to you if it happens to you <laughs> okay. and, and and to that point though this has been something that i've been working on myself because we talk about tier lists and the characters that should be you know the, the, are just bad because they are bad and then that means that we figured out a way of essentially shutting down their tools fairly consistently and, and beating them and then you have a character like Alex like or, or like Fong. I run into a Fong and I'm like oh this is probably have like a 30% win rate against this character. Again similar reasons I just I haven't had much experience against them and when you run into like a grandmaster of this character they really know what they're doing right? The top uh, the top win rate character online for a long time now has been Honda not because he's mm -hmm. super popular but because the people that do play Honda are really good with him. Uh, things along those lines. So that's that's definitely a, that's that's was that was uh, I, I benefited from that as a Goken player in Street Fighter Four, right? Yeah. Um, but so what I what I have to think though, especially if it's an Alex and it's like he's just got bad frame dad and just doesn't have options and, and runs out of them really quickly, it's that well there's a certain point where as a player you have to be able to pass this benchmark and minimize the chaos and the random flailings and that is an art that you have to pay attention to. Uh, I mean, unless your character sort of does it for you maybe there are characters that sort of do that um and they're going to be topper tiers but for a lot of people they have to figure out how to shut down the crazy and the random and and such and there's a big gap there and i think i'm very much in this gap but apparently maybe so is gamery to an extent and so then maybe that's a little bit of an antithesis um to what i'm thinking here but like you have to be able to like shut that down and i have not <laughs> i have not figured that out yet uh, yeah. with the likes of fong and, and alex and stuff so yeah, it's very hard. All right, y'all. That's enough talk about Alex and Dan and, and potentially getting owned on stream and stuff like that. And man, I don't even want to look at our Twitter mentions or messages. I'm just going to shut mine off for a week if that happens. So but that's going to wrap us up for this week of the Event Podcast. Once again, thank you all so much for listening. And we'll be back with you soon. See you, everybody. Like, comment, subscribe, tell your friends. Bye.